Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever taken a shortcut and had it backfire on you? In today's message, Pastor Jim shows us how Jacob met his match in his uncle Laban. Despite working seven years for him, Jacob was tricked into marrying Leah, Laban's older daughter, instead of Rachel. Sometimes the Lord presents you with the exact same sins you committed against another person to teach you that what you did was wrong. God can take those circumstances when you're embarrassed or hurt and turn them around for His glory. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Genesis chapter 29 as he continues his message, God's Unusual Training Program. It seems Jacob forgets the most important thing of all, that God is with him and God has promised to be with him. I fear that most, if not all of us, are prone to the same thing, aren't we? There's just times in our lives when we forget that God is with us and God has promised to be with us. It's easy to forget, despite the great promises every follower of Jesus has from the Lord. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't have the same promises that we do. And, I, and you can become a follower of Jesus tonight. How often that do we have problems? And the first thing we think of, like, what are we going to do? We're immediately driven to a plan rather than prayer, rather than to our Lord. James says, if you lack wisdom, just ask God for it and he'll give it to you. But how often we don't do that. How often in our lives do we face situations that we don't have the resources to fix? We just can't do it. We can't fix it. There's nothing we can do. What do we do? Well, we think, what are we going to do? Or someone tells us, oh, this is what you got to do. Instead of calling on the name of the Lord. Planning is okay. In fact, it's very important. So is working hard. One of the things I always think about our church is from Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Yet people move from job to job, from church to church, from friend to friend, from whatever to whatever, looking for how to figure things out before they go to the Lord. Sometimes you'll hear people will say stuff like this, well, I guess all we can do is pray. Like, like that's the last resort? Right, right. That should be the first resort, right. not the last resort. Verse 21 says this, and by the way, this is one that uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Jewish Bible scholars do not like this verse. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, Notice he doesn't say, I want your daughter. Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled. Some versions say, my time is complete, that I might go into her. So much for romance, right? <laughs> Another version says, I want to sleep with her. Pretty, pretty blunt, isn't it? Now, you got to wonder, like, like, did Laban forget? He seems like such an honest guy. Well, Jacob didn't. He longs to be with Rachel. 
Verse 22, and Laban gathered together all the men of the place, all the men, no mention of the women, and made a feast. So Jacob confronts Laban, give me my wife, my seven years are up, probably count it to the day, my time is up, give me my wife. So Laban throws a big feast, but the language is really, it's more of a drinking party. So this is kind of like a bachelor party he's throwing here. Notice just to gather all the men together. And the custom would be that on that day that the bride would be veiled until the wedding couple was alone at night. But Jacob made a deal with the devil, right? He made a shortcut to get a blessing from his father, and he's still going to see the consequences that it has. Notice there's no mention of being married before the Lord. There's no mention of, of God blessing their marriage. It's basically like this. Let's do your bachelor party, get drunk, and take your wife to bed. Kind of what it is. Now you know why Jewish Bible scholars don't like this. It's very crude. Now, now this may sound bizarre to us, but in a lot of ways, it's really not. Those of you who are married, you know this. You leave God out of your marriage, and your marriage can go south pretty quick, very quick. Now you say, why? Because you're in it, <laughs> right? Because when it happens when there's a book we give to people called When Sinners Say I Do, if you want it, we'll give you a copy. And let me tell you something. You'll go home crying, I'm sorry, <laughs> right? Or some of the husband books we have, oh my goodness. Every time I read them, I'm like, I'm sorry, right? You leave the Lord out, your marriage can go south very quickly. If you, find, if you try to find your identity or your fulfillment in something other than the Lord, life can get very confusing very quickly. You can become very selfish very quickly. Well, without God, what do people do? Or people who forget God, like Jacob, they look for fulfillment elsewhere. So this guy, seven years, went like nothing. And then they go to him, come to the drinking party, then you can take your wife home. What a fool. What a fool. Does that sound like love? No. Now, no blessing from God. Not even a response from Laban. Again, let's just have a party and let's get drunk. Now, I don't want to have nightmares tonight, but I, so I want to ask you this question. Do I, need you to, to, do I need to tell you all the stupid things you will do when you drink too much? Is there anybody I need to do that? I'd be happy to meet with you after the service. I, you know, I hope you don't have to be at work for the next four months when I tell you all the stupid things I used to do when I used to drink. You say, I don't need to tell you? Okay, well, apparently God does. So here we go. Verse 23. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. That's the wrong daughter. Oops. That's the wrong daughter. And Laban 
This dude acts like it's all okay. Gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. That's pretty shocking, right? And he said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why have you deceived me? So Jacob, the deceiver, has been deceived. Now, maybe that's happened. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? Married guys? Kind of happened to me in a weird way. I married Pam Sherlaw, but I woke up with Pam Kevney. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> now, some of you don't know this. Again, I'm really going to get it if she hears this. I rescued her from her, from her name. Did you know that? Her initials were PMS. <laughs> and then stupid me went out and bought her PMST. <laughs> but, but now they're PMK. I won't tell you what her middle name is. Sounds like Margaret, though. Verse 26. All right, come back, everyone. Now I've woke you up too much. And Laban said, it must be, and this is so funny. And Laban said, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. So he's kind of like, oh, I thought you knew. We, we didn't tell you that? Seven years and nobody mentioned that to you? All the families you saw around here get married and you didn't figure that out? Oh, Jacob, you're not the sharpest knife in the draw. It's dark. Jacob is drunk. Leah is veiled. And Jacob sleeps with the wrong woman. And then says to his father-in-law now, you deceived me. But isn't that exactly what Jacob did to Isaac? the same thing he did. He dressed up like his brother Esau and his father said that Leah had weak eyes. His father had weak eyes and he deceived him. Now again, Jacob's new wife is described as having weak eyes. It may just mean she's not as pretty as her sister, but it's really not accurate. Who's the guy with the weak eyes? Jacob. He's the guy with the weak eyes. He doesn't see. He doesn't realize what's going on. Like Isaac, Jacob is blinded by what he wants, not the will of God. Remember, Isaac knew. It was Jacob, not Esau, but he wanted to give it the blessing to Esau, his favorite son. And now Jacob is repeating his father's mistake. Now, no doubt he called her Rachel on their wedding night, right? But didn't Isaac say to Jacob, is that my son Esau? And what did Jacob say? Yes, it is. So he's getting a dose of his own medicine. Now, don't blame Leah. What was she doing? She was doing exactly what she told, what, told to do, just like Jacob was doing what mommy said. She, he, he went along with it. So did she. It's all sin. 
Now, Laban's answer, I just find so incredibly amazing. Basically, his answer is like this. Well, maybe in your country, the younger can steal the birthright, but we, can, we don't do that around here. <laughs> that doesn't happen around here. You got to wonder how much of this whole story this guy knows, right? Maybe some traveling guys coming through or stuff like that. He, he hears all about it. No, we don't do that here. That doesn't fly around here. I mean, nobody would ever stoop that low. You couldn't possibly think that. So after many years, Jacob has to stare at his sin against his father face to face. You know, the shortcut is often the long way, isn't it? It really is. A lot of times we think we got a shortcut. A little voice tells us, ah, nobody's going to really know but it's the long way. Jacob has met his match in Uncle Laban. These two are going to duel it out, the dueling deceivers. And this has a long way to go, but there's another shortcut. He's got another one. You ready? Do You think he's going to do it? Oh, come on, you know the answer. Verse 27, Laban says, fulfill her week. What does that mean? That means Take her on a one-week honeymoon, do stuff married people do, okay? And we will give you this one also for the service, which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter, Rachel, as a wife also. So what he does is he goes on a honeymoon for a week. He comes back. He gets the one he really wants to marry, so he gets married another week later to another wife. So now he's got two wives. Oh, by the way, they each come with maidservants, okay? You think, this stuff, this, 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 this is in the Bible. This is, this is in the Bible. Wait do you see what happens. Wait do you see what happens. And Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. Fourteen years of his life. Fourteen years. So now Jacob has two wives. Laban gets, another, gets Jacob for another seven years of work. Why? Because God is working in Jacob's heart. God has got to train this guy in that unusual wilderness-type training, and it's going to take even longer. In verse 30, he says he also loved Rachel more than Leah. It's probably not great wording. It really means to the exclusion of. He didn't love Leah at all, not at all, but now they're married. Her life is one of great pain, also proof the Bible does not endorse polygamy, clearly a sin. It makes one wonder, how could God love Jacob so much? Well, he made a promise to him. And here's the thing that we all need to remember, that God's grace doesn't let go. It doesn't. 
It doesn't mean we can go do whatever we want and expect no consequences. But his grace, it doesn't, it doesn't let go. Did you know that maybe you're here and you're just, you're a Christian, you're not really walking with the Lord, you're not a Christian at all. Somebody roped you into a free dinner, you owed somebody, they owed you money or something like that, you owed them money and they said, come on, wash your debt. Um, I've invited a lot of people to church that way, to be honest with you. I knew they were never going to pay me back anyway, so. But did you know that God is in the trophy-making business? Did you know that? That God loves to make trophies of grace. He just loves to take people's lives and flip them right side up. He just, he just loves it. He does it all over the place in the Bible. You know, all we do, people say, you know, do you have any part in your salvation? All I say, well, I just brought the sin. That's all I brought. You know, bring the, bring the emptiness, bring the sin. And Jesus brings the grace of God and his blood on the cross. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you do not have to have your life together to come to Jesus. You might be totally unraveling. Quick show of hands. How many of you came to faith in Jesus when you were unraveling? If you were doubly unraveling, raise both your hands. <laughs> okay, see, see, a lot of us are like that. You just have to turn to God and put your trust in Jesus. Know that he lived the perfect life in your place and died a sinner's death on the cross in your place so there'll be no punishment for your sins if you put your trust in him. After you come to the cross, you come back each day. You keep saying you're sorry for your sins, not the ones he already forgave you, the ones you committed today. You come back each day and you let your love and your affections for Jesus just grow deeper and deeper and deeper. And as you do, he will change you from the inside out. If you're not a follower of Jesus, do you know why you're here? You're here because Jesus is pursuing you. That's why. You can run, but you can't hide. Jacob tried to run away, right? But he couldn't hide. All, all this stuff is, is, is part of God's sovereign plan for his life. You know, Jacob just cast Leah aside, but God's not going to do that with you. Jesus wants to love you much, much more than Jacob loved Rachel. I mean, what's seven years compared to giving your life on a cross? So Jesus pursues you, even in your sin, even in your weakness, in your flaws, in your failures, and Jesus delights in taking what was 
once ugly and making it beautiful. Even sometimes through years in the wilderness. The next seven years will not be like the last seven for Jacob. They're going to be a lot harder. So why, you ask? Here's the answer. God's unusual training program. <laughs> Jacob made a mess of his life. And it, it could probably seem to him at this point in his life that God has taken back the promise or forsaken him. But God won't forsake him. Nor will he forsake you if you put your trust in Jesus. He will not betray you. Now, maybe in your life you've been betrayed. Maybe you've been deceived. And maybe that's hurt that you carry around with you and you wonder, how could God or how could Jesus know anything about that? But we have a Savior who knows exactly what that's like. His friend Judas sells him out for 30 pieces of silver. And then I think even worse, even worse, he goes with the Roman soldiers and he says, you'll know which one it is. That's how we know Jesus wasn't the tall, good-looking, handsome Irish guy that you see in the pictures you have in your house. He just get the good-looking Irish guy. Now, you know what's even worse? It's absolutely horrible. He betrays him with a kiss. Do you ever have anybody in your life pretend like they love you and they care for you, and then they just stab you in the back like that? You're like, just hate me, man. Just, just hate me. Don't do that to me. It's so low. The religious leaders. Jesus is going around healing everybody. Telling people about the good news of the kingdom. What do they do? They completely lie about Jesus. The Roman governor punches Pilate. He knows Jesus is completely innocent. He goes, I wash my hands of this thing. No, you can't wash your hands of this thing. You can't. And he had him crucified. Why? Well, Luke 24, 46 and 47 says this, Then he said to them, Jesus speaking, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, turning from your, turning from your sin to God, and remission or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Why would we need that? Well, because we can be like Jacob, can't we? We can be like Laban, can't we? Yet God, if we put our trust in him, will keep his promises to us and some of you, maybe you've recently become a follower of Jesus and you're like, things are still rough for me. Guess what? Training in the wilderness. Training in the wilderness. And you will get stronger and stronger 
and stronger and stronger as long as you keep following Jesus. Matthew 8, 11, Jesus said this, and I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Can you believe it? We're going to hang with these guys. We're going to hang with them. Now, you might say, I still have trouble seeing how he could actually love me. We're going to see how Jesus makes the unloved feel loved as he's going to do an amazing thing in the life of this woman, Leah, when Jacob just cast her to the side. Jesus wants to make you feel loved. If you're one of his kids or you want to trust him for the first time, all you got to do is say, I'm ready, Lord. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.